something's happened. I think my husband knows about you, about us. He'll kill you and me. from our script. Cut, cut it. <gasps> What's going on? What? What the bloody hell's going on? The definition of surrealism is something difficult to exactly pinpoint. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as the principles, ideals, or practice of producing fantastic or incongruous imagery or effects in art, literature, film, or theater by means of unnatural or irrational juxtapositions and combinations. Oxford Dictionary, however, defines surrealism as a 20th century avant-garde movement in art and literature which sought to release the creative potential of the unconscious mind, for example, by the irrational juxtaposition of images. Both of these definitions may define what surrealism is using words, but to truly understand what surrealism is, one has to feel it. Surrealism is that feeling we get when we are dreaming a dream while sleeping that feels so real that when we wake up we say, wait, did that just happen? It can also be after something very emotional, whether positive or negative, and after time passes we look back and say, wow, that felt so surreal, I can't believe that actually happened. This is why surrealism is created through art rather than language more often than not. Through art, music, and certainly cinema, organically creating the true feeling of surrealism is far from easy. This is why only a few in each mode of surrealism have true claims to being able to truly produce real art that evicts real surreal emotions. This is what takes us to the man who was labeled as, quote, the first American populist surrealist, David Lynch, and his surrealist masterpiece, Inland Empire. Hey. Look at me. And tell me if you've known me before. Yes, we will do that. Hello there, my name is Noah Siega and welcome to my special audio story, Inside of Inland Empire. I'm here to tell you about my personal favorite movie ever made, David Lynch's Inland Empire. I was introduced to David Lynch in his filmography three years ago when my best friend Daniel Roeder showed me Lynch's first film, Eraserhead. Without getting into too much detail, Eraserhead is a deeply disturbing and gross film, but not because of gore or violence, but due to how surreal the entire movie was, with the music, sounds, and shots, all culminating into these incredible scenes to create a feeling I had never experienced while watching a movie before. I had been shocked, confused, scared, moved, all the emotions one feels from movies over the years, but nothing had struck a creative nerve inside me the way Eraserhead had. Because of this, I became engrossed in Lynch's works and began watching all of his films, with the help of Daniel, of course. He insisted that we watch one specific Lynch movie out of all of them last, Inland Empire. This made sense, as it was the last standalone film Lynch had ever made. But Daniel persisted we would view it last because Inland Empire was so clustered and convoluted in terms of storytelling and cinematography that viewing other Lynch movies would be crucial to even begin to grasp Inland Empire. After viewing multiple of Lynch's movies, with Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway becoming my personal favorites, I was finally ready to conquer the beast that was Inland Empire. So Daniel and I ventured into Manhattan to a flashback theater in an attempt to see and experience Inland Empire on the big screen the way it was intended to.
Little did I know the ride I was embarking on that day or the psychological horror I was in store for. So, Daniel, what was it like the first time you watched Inland Empire, and do you remember how you felt after it? So, Daniel, when was the first time you watched Inland Empire, and do you remember how you felt after it? I remember watching Inland Empire for the first time in high school, um, in the middle of the night, and my mind was just blown by it. I'd never seen anything like it. I, I still don't think I have. With the release of a Criterion remastering of Inland Empire put out to the public in spring 2023, the movie has attracted some revisiting and has re-sparked some old conspiracies. And with this Inland Empire reprisal amongst internet movie discords, multiple talking points have been brought up. One of these talking points has been about how Inland Empire was David Lynch's final movie. Will he ever make another one? Is this truly going to be his final masterpiece? As well as some movies that have been affected and inspired by Lynch's you know, use of surrealism and how he has affected modern media has, you know, become a talking point as well. However, in order to first begin understanding Inland Empire and to try and comprehend the way it is, as well as trying to understand Lynch's effect on cinema today, one has to first understand who David Lynch himself was. David Lynch was born to middle-class parents in Missoula, Montana, but moved around a lot during his childhood due to his father's job. Lynch was interested in painting and drawing from a young age and attended two different art universities. However, after feeling uninspired and dropping out, he tried to move to Europe for inspiration, but was broke and could not speak the Italian language and eventually was forced to return back to the States. However, when he did return, a certain city did move him and inspire him the way he hoped Europe had. Uh, Philadelphia, to me, I always say, was my biggest influence. This city and the time of this city when I was here. So when I was here uh, from 65 to 70, uh, the city was, there was no graffiti and the buildings seemed to be covered with a black soot. It was a filthy city and it had a feeling of industry. It had to me, the most beautiful architecture, row houses that reminded me sort of of factory neighborhoods, work, working neighborhoods. And the streets were narrow, the buildings were all soot covered, uh, the clouds hung low, and it had a beautiful mood. In the atmosphere, there was fear, there was violence, there was despair and sadness. There was uh, a feeling of insanity and uh, a kind of a knowledge of corruption. And this kind of seeped into me with this art. Lynch would eventually leave Philadelphia and would move to LA, where he would eventually create his first ever student film, the priorly mentioned Eraserhead. The legendary Stanley Kubrick is even credited with saying that Eraserhead was one of his favorite movies of all time. Eraserhead became notorious for its unsettling visuals and spacious, nervy machine-like sounds that created an uncomfortable ambiance.
After his success and recognition for Eraserhead, Lynch would release many movies, along with his hit television series, Twin Peaks. Lynch's creative process is that of Hollywood lore, with him being famous for just coming up with the most out-of-nowhere ideas on the spot. Um, ideas, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange because uh, the idea is not there. And then suddenly, uh, the idea comes into your conscious mind. And it comes in uh, like an electrical spark, and it's known in an instant. And um, then the next thing that could happen is you could fall in love with that idea. It may just be a fragment, but it could uh, have uh, implications to a whole world. It could, it could be uh, such a, um, an idea that it just pulls you, you know, and you want to go, go there. And those are the things you're looking for. However, many of his later movies would fail at the box office, and it began to increase frustration in Lynch. As he became more and more fed up with big-name studios, you know, compromising his ideas and his work. With mixed circumstances and emotions, Lynch's last ever movie, Inland Empire, was born. Inland Empire was David Lynch's 2006 three-hour blockbuster. However, this film wouldn't be full of action chases with explosions or a romantic plot between two characters fleshed out or anything that remotely symbolized even a summer blockbuster. Nikki, it's we who are happy and fortunate to have you on board on this film, on this role. You have everything you need to soar back to the top and stay perched there. First, we must start with what Inland Empire is about, or at least trying to explain that since it is quite convoluted. David Lynch has taken inspiration from plenty of movies before, with some of his prior films even being considered to be soft, Lynchian interpretations of these stories. Wild at Heart from 1990 was Lynch's dysfunctional take on The Wizard of Oz, while 1997's Lost Highway was Lynch's version of Double Indemnity. With this being said, there is no room for doubt that Inland Empire is Lynch's take on the 1950 classic Sunset Boulevard. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Relating Inland Empire to Sunset Boulevard and the parallels between them only really describes half the plot of Inland Empire itself. The relation between the two films lie in the female leads in both movies losing who they are within the character of a film that they are playing. In Sunset Boulevard, Gloria Swanson plays the infamous Norma Desmond, a washed up actress trying to get back to the top of the Hollywood pedestal. This is reflected in Inland Empire by Laura Dern's character, Nikki Grace, who is taking this new movie role to hopefully reach the top of Hollywood's pedestal as she was before. Both characters in these films begin to lose themselves in their newfound roles, eventually leading them to misconstrue when they really are themselves or their new characters. While this is where most of the parallels between these two films end, there is much more than just this parallel to Inland Empire. No Wikipedia or Sparknote summary could even begin to accurately describe the intricate Russian nesting doll format of storytelling Lynch uses in Inland Empire. The other second half of the story in Inland Empire truly comes from the moment when Nikki Grace and her co-star Devin Burke find out that the movie script is cursed and that the two original leads who attempted making the movie in the first place were both murdered. This is what causes our characters to lose track of themselves within the story, as a multiverse of endless souls and people who have been captured by the curse begin to appear all somewhere between fantasy, reality, space, and time. Well, after the characters have been filming for some time, they discovered something, in, in, something in, inside the story. Anyway, the film has never finished. Something happened before the film is finished. I, I don't understand. 
Why wasn't it finished? Please. Kingsley. The, the two leads were murdered. It is important to note that Inland Empire is a deeply immersive and experimental film, offering a complex and layered reflection on the nature of identity, time, and reality itself. To achieve this level of intensity, Lynch utilized a number of different techniques, including the use of experimental nonlinear narrative structures, intricate soundscapes and sound effects, and heavily stylized visual elements. It is a combination of all of these intentional efforts that create such an intense, surreal, and dreamlike feeling about Inland Empire. This dreamlike feeling is achieved by showing Laura Dern's character go between time and space trying to figure out what exactly this curse is, seeing different reincarnated versions of herself in different countries and different time periods wearing different clothes. It's incredibly surreal and creates a feeling for the viewer that is quite confused and unsure of exactly who we are seeing in this moment while we're watching the film. There are consequences to one's actions. And there would, for certain, be consequences to wrong actions. Perhaps the most striking thing about Inland Empire is its visual style, which combines intense colors and contrasts them with distorted and fragmented imagery. The film's use of shadow and light, for instance, is particularly noteworthy, with Lynch often employing chiascoro to create a sense of foreboding and unease. Similarly, the film's use of long takes and shaky camera work with unconventional camera angles all contribute to the overall sense of disorientation and confusion. Tell me, Dan, how much do you think that the handheld camera POV and the cinematography that went behind it affects the movie and maybe the surrealism behind it? I think David Lynch's choice to shoot the film digitally and mostly in close-up just makes it feel like a raw nightmare. Like, there's nothing cinematic really about it. It's all just ugly. Another very important aspect of Inland Empire is the use of its sound, which is integral to the narrative and emotional impact of the film. Lynch's soundscapes are intricate and layered, often featuring overlapping and intercut sound effects and music, creating a sense of dissonance and unease. The film's score, composed by Lynch himself, is similarly electric, combining elements of jazz, avant-garde, and classical music to create a haunting and otherworldly atmosphere. His eraser head roots were showing without a doubt, but over 30 years of mastery later, Lynch's control of music and sound is at its highest in this film. Inland Empire is ultimately a deeply emotional work, exploring themes of loss, identity, and the fragility of human relationships. Lynch's use of complex and interwoven plotlines, including the use of multiple narratives and timelines, creates a sense of emotional and thematic richness that awards careful and repeated viewing. The film achieves this by showing multiple variations of the story and curse alike, with many characters trapped in the curse for eternity from many other variations of themselves. This is who our character Nikki Grace represents. She represents all, uh, a convolution of all the you know women who have been stuck inside the curse and who are trying to break out, although she's the one who is seemingly getting the closest. While Nikki Grace travels between time and space, she eventually finds who the culprit of the actual curse is. He's listed as the Phantom in the credits, or referred to as Crimp by Nikki Grace. It was a funny name. They was called Crimp. While fighting through the curse, 
and the movie doing its best to make sure you do not know what's going on or if Nikki Grace is in character or if she's back as Susan Blue. It is all incredibly surreal and makes you feel like you're not quite sure what you're watching. In the end, Nikki Grace is able to get to the home of the Phantom. Once Nikki Grace reaches the home of the Phantom with a pistol in her hand, she is ready to execute him, which would execute the final step of ending the curse. She's met by a jump scare that viewers will certainly be disturbed by. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. What Grace does not know is that she has had assistance of three existential gods this entire time. These godlike figures are actually human-like robots who are incredibly unsettling and they still make my skin crawl every single time I rewatch the movie to this day. They're literally grown people in massive bunny suits standing on two legs and it's very unsettling. The rabbits work towards breaking the curse, so they're technically good guys, but their appearance every time on screen makes the hair on your neck stand up. And the way they talk is no help either. It's very ominous and very creepy. When will you tell it? Who could have known? As you can probably interpret by now, Inland Empire is one hell of an abstract movie. I'm telling you, you've got to see this film. However, the way this movie specifically came to be is even more mind-blowing in some ways than the actual film is itself. The first aspect of this is how Lynch started with no individual script for this movie at all. He would literally just be hanging with Laura Dern and would say, hey, you know what, let's shoot a scene real quick, you know, why not? It was a combination of many fragmented ideas and shot scenes that occurred over months that even became years until Lynch finally decided to fully hash out an entire script for the film. On this particular film, I would get an idea, write it down, and then go shoot it. And how was David Lynch able to shoot these scenes so spontaneously, you ask? Lynch shot the fragmented scenes with his handheld Sony PD-150, allowing him to pull it out in a moment's notice anytime he had a quick vision on the spot. He then carried this over to the entirety of the film and made sure that all of it was shot on this gritty handheld device, meaning that the whole movie feels like a dream with minor grainy film and poor focusing adding new levels to the feeling of surrealism. I could only figure how incredibly creative, but also incredibly difficult it must have been to create a movie with no original script, all on a digital handheld camera. To get a better understanding of this, I wanted to speak to directors in the film conservatory here at Purchase College. However, I was unable to get a sit-down interview with any true directors, due to most of all of them either working on their own or someone else's senior film. Instead, through a combination of reaching out through social media and asking around the different buildings here, I created a survey that would try to put into perspective how difficult yet unique Lynch's process on Inland Empire was. My first question was, do you have a script set for your film before you start shooting? Eight out of eight film majors I asked said yes, and I can tell you the resounding sentiment was that this was a duh, no brainer. When I told them about what David Lynch had done for Inland Empire, all of them were shocked, I'll say, with one of them saying, quote, I would be panicking if I was shooting scenes with no script. The second question was, have you directed an entire film on a handheld camcorder before? Only one out of the eight of those asked had ever recorded an actual film on a handheld camera, and it was way back in high school. When I informed them further about Inland Empire and the camera it was recorded on, the feedback was mixed, with some in awe of the capability, but a few just turned off by the idea, as quote, it would be a nightmare on set. The final question was, have you ever seen any of David Lynch's works? 
The answers were underwhelming, with only 3 out of 8 seeing Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, and Eraserhead in variation. I'm sure you already know I advocated hard for them to watch more of his movies, and I challenged them to watch The Beast that was England Empire. I get an idea. Now, you get a lot of ideas. In a day you can get a lot of ideas, but you don't get an idea but rarely that you fall in love with, deeply in love with. And when that day comes, it's a beautiful day. And so you fall in love with this idea, and you fall in love with it also for what you see cinema could do to it. This ended up being David Lynch's last movie. It is now 2023, and while he did return for one last season of Twin Peaks in 2017, he has still not made another major motion picture since Inland Empire in 2006. Why is this the case? In 2017, during an interview before the release of the new and final season of Twin Peaks, Lynch said, quote, Things changed a lot. So many films were not doing well at the box office, even though they might have been great films, and the things that they were doing at the box office weren't the things that I would want to do. It is safe to say that Inland Empire not being met with any great commercial success may have contributed to this. Lynch, after all, was very proud of this film, and was especially prideful about how amazing Laura Dern was in this movie. Which, by the way, if you think you are a fan of her already, you need to see this film. She is truly unhinged to an utterly flawless level. If you want to see the greatest performance of 2006, check out Laura Dern's performance in Inland Empire. Just because Lynch has stopped making movies does not mean his influence in cinema is gone. The recent horror film, Skinnamarink, seems to have taken a lot of inspiration from Lynch and Inland Empire. From the incredibly intentional use of lighting, the grainy digital camera feed, the long, ominous dark shots, all combined with the spacious, unsettling sounds, make this movie feel incredibly surreal and dreamlike. I personally would say it evoked similar feelings when I first watched it in some ways that only Lynch films had before. To try and confirm this, I spoke with a user, moderator, and writer for www.welcometotwinpeaks.com, the forum site for anything and everything David Lynch. I was able to speak to Alyssa Torres, Inland Empire, and Twin Peaks expert. So Alyssa, did Skinmarink evoke, you know, surreal feelings for you? Did you think it was a surreal movie? Yeah, the combining of all the long and distorted camera shots, as well as the dream-like feeling, made the movie feel very surreal, more surreal than recent movies in theaters. And do you honestly think that Skinnamarink could have taken surrealist inspiration from David Lynch or Inland Empire? Yeah, no doubt. With the control and an intention of the lighting, sounds, and grainy camera, it all makes the movie feel like a dream in a similar way that Lynch creates in his films. Do you see any of Lynch's surrealism influences in other movies today? Yes, but it's very hard to create true, authentic surrealism. While many may take inspiration from him, there's truly nobody else who is able to create true surrealism like David Lynch. Lynch's in. Lynch's influences are still strong today, and Skinnamarink is proof of that to me. However, I am not sure if there are many people on this planet who could ever match the feelings and emotions that David Lynch creates and evokes with his movies. The surrealism of some of his movies have just truly changed how I see movies and cinema. Well, Daniel, can you please tell me, what is it about Inland Empire that makes it one of your favorite movies ever? 
I just really love how the film feels like a culmination of every idea that David Lynch has ever worked with. Uh, and he's just taking it all and just putting it out there unfiltered. Um, and also, uh, I love Laura Dern's performance. She's fantastic in it. Um, David Lynch's Inland Empire is a masterful and deeply impactful work of cinema that pushes the boundaries of conventional storytelling and offers a bold and challenging reflection on the nature of human identity and experience. With use of sound, image, and narrative, Lynch has created a work that is both immersive and deeply affecting, challenging viewers to engage with his complex themes and imagery on a profound and emotional level. He proved it by becoming the first American populist surrealist. And what did this mean exactly? It meant that Lynch had been able to translate surrealism through the doors of the mainstream and into the screens of everyday Americans. And they loved it. Lynch may not be Martin Scorsese. <clears throat> Lynch may not be Martin Scorsese. Lynch may not be Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg with classic movies filling his CV. And he may not have been, you know, as commercially successful as these modern day directors are but his incredible vision and passion cannot be compared. While foreign directors like Joe Dorowski and Dario Argento have made films that I personally can say are on the same level as David Lynch's in terms of action... <clears throat> While foreign directors like Joe Dorowski and Dario Argento have made films that I can personally say are on the same level as David Lynch's movies in terms of abstractness, however, Lynch doing so as an American in modern cinema... However, Lynch doing so as an American in modern cinema was truly remarkable. It created a feeling while watching the movie that I had never felt before, and it is why it still truly sticks with me so much to this day. From the fear it struck within me for my first viewing, to seeing and understanding new aspects of the film each and every time I rewatch it, I am positive nothing will ever dethrone it at the top of my own personal pedestal in terms of movies. Thank you so much for listening to Inside Inland Empire. I heavily insist that you watch Inland Empire or any of David Lynch's works in general. If you are a fan of unsettling surrealism and content that makes your skin crawl without horror or gore, then David Lynch and Inland Empire is for you. I hope I inspired any of you to check him out after listening to this. And when in doubt, just listen to David Lynch's instructions. You just go, you just go until it feels, until it feels right.